I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Always great to be with you and thank you so much for deciding to spend your time with me here today. Now, we know that teacher recruitment and retainment is something very important and also attracting and supporting graduates, which is why I'm delighted to be chatting to Chantal Dos Santos today from eTeach. Chantal was a teacher for 17 years, starting off in primary education in the beginning of her career and then moving to teaching maths and science. She's taught in South Africa, America and the UK. She was head of science for a few years before becoming the head of upper school at an independent boys prep school. Chantal heads up the ECT side of eTeach, looking at how we can attract graduates and then how we can work on supporting them throughout their two-year induction period and ultimately supporting and guiding ECTs to retain them in the education sector. Now, it's such an important conversation, but I think you'll find the, the passion for education that comes through for this conversation is what we all know is the most important thing. It's about personalised learning. It's about a community. It's about a passion for what it is that we're doing in education. And I really hope you enjoy this fantastic conversation with Chantal. Hi, Chantal. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. We know that teachers coming into the profession is such an important factor and support once they're there, especially in those early years, is incredibly important. So this is going to be an interesting, but I think a really important conversation. Yeah, so thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's lovely to meet you. So let's dive first of all, what is eTeach and and what's your role within it? Right, so eTeach is... It is a really phenomenal company. It is, it's been a pioneer in educational recruitment, digital solutions. So it was honestly just one of the first online jobs boards that we had in education that was specifically just for teachers and just for schools. Um, it's revolutionized the way um, schools look at hiring teachers and see how teachers are looking for their specific schools. So the application process is streamlined. They, um, the fast apply system is really helping teachers just to make everything a little bit easier because teachers are busy. And um, whilst they are looking for jobs, the last thing they need to be doing is filling in 5,000 different application forms. So it is really a nice way of collecting your journey as a teacher in one online platform and just making it easier for teachers to find jobs. Um, for schools, it is a really, um, it's a useful platform because it, it, it just makes the hiring process easier. So instead of the old system of just paper applications, you've got your online interviews that can be scheduled, your GDPR is all collected, everything is um, in line with KCSI and your safeguarding. So it, it really is a pioneer with digital solutions and recruitment. So that's the base of the company. And then I come in, which is totally not the digital side of things. And <laughs> me being a teacher, um, I think 
we at ETHC, we, well, they saw the need that, yes, it's great, we can help schools recruit teachers and we can help teachers find jobs and we've got this wonderful online jobs, um, jobs board, but, but what next? And the crisis that we're finding in the world of education now is recruitment and retention. It's because once teachers get there, the support systems slowly start falling away. So that's where um, our CEO and our MD, uh, Paul House and Reese House, saw a need to bring in systems to support teachers on a more personal, human kind of way. So somebody in the field of teaching that knows the pains that it is to find a job once they get the job what are they looking at what does an early career teacher need to um, bear in mind what does the two-year induction period look for uh, look like and um, really just how can we help with everything from classroom management to resources to dealing with parents oh my gosh I've got an interview what kind of questions are they going to ask me do I need to go visit the school when I go visit a school what do I need to look for how do I deal with staff in the staff room there's a really scary person there and I don't know how to speak to them so it is everything and all encompassing that um, myself and my team uh, work with so we work with the people it's such an important thing and it's one of the things that comes up time and time again on the podcast the people that have influenced them the people that they remember are the people that have that human to human contact and like say whether that's advice whether it's kind of feeling like you've got a best friend on your shoulder just kind of giving you that support it it makes such a such a difference so in in terms of that support the way you described it how does that work is it a question of webinars is it one-on-one what's the sort of format for helping people we do all of it. So um, it was really great. Last year, August, we had um, initiated a, a webinar series for our early career teachers. So we did one every week in the August holidays because I think um, the land of teaching goes very quiet over holidays. And sometimes I think teachers can feel a little bit lost, especially if they're starting a new school or starting their early career journey. So um, every week we did a webinar Um from starting off with what is the early career framework? What are the eight teaching standards? What is it the paperwork that you're going to need to do? What is a progress review? And then onto the nitty gritty of things. So um, best practice for classroom management, what is reflective practice as a teacher? Um, the most important thing for me though, uh, one of the webinars we did was relationships because so often the relationships that we have with um, parents of the children that we teach is is so often forgotten and it is such a vital part to to you as a teacher teaching teaching is overwhelming in the sense that you're in the classroom but you sometimes forget that 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 person that you're dealing with has a much bigger picture so for me the relationship with parents um episode was really important um we've started doing a few podcasts ourselves i have no clue what i'm doing at the best of times if we're getting there and we're trying um we find a lot of our teachers are looking at schools that possibly might have different curriculums. So we're looking at the International Baccalaureate. Uh, what does that look like? How do teachers train it? So we, we, we're really just trying to cover all areas. Um, blogs, loads and loads of blogs. So whenever we see an issue come up in the news or um, a question on our Facebook group, which I'll talk about um, shortly, we, we will create content around that just to support teachers. So all of our stuff that we're doing is really teacher-led and people-led and current current situation-led. Um, yes, and then the Facebook community that we have. Um, social media was something that I was, I was wary of. Um, you know, I think, I think Facebook only came about when I started teaching, so, which I'm grateful for, didn't have it in school days, but um, we uh, started a online community for our early career teachers and it just 
boomed. It started off at nothing. And within five months, we had thousands of people. We've got now, I think it's about 3,500 teachers. And I practically don't do anything on it. It is such a beautiful, warm community. So it is um, people that might be going for a lesson observation or a situation has happened in their class and they ask the question on the group. And um, as I said, again, it's teacher-led and the community then answers. And it, it really is wonderful because there is a very big hype out there in social media about the negativity around teaching and all the problems in teaching and people wanting to leave teaching. And they real, and I hear it and I feel it, but we also need a platform for those teachers that aren't leaving and to, to really create it. This is why you're a teacher. Let's support you. How can we help you? Yeah, I love that. There, there are a couple of things there. The first one was that idea of of the community around each child, like you say, whether it's the teacher, whether it's the parent, because it's it's that broad understanding that everyone has an influence and, and mm -hmm. how those sort of dots get joined makes a difference on that child's life. But then within that, of course, that affects you, especially as a teacher, because if you've yeah. got a good relationship with the parents, if you know that there's something which you can deal with probably is the wrong terminology but a conversation you need to have yeah. but it's going to be received in a way which is warm and understanding and, and for the best of, of everyone involved and that's going to exactly. make it much easier to start those conversations to begin with mm. um and the second thing was the idea of social media because like I say social media has a perception a community mm -hmm. has a different perception and I think that's the thing when you're using social media as part of a community to bring people together to actually support people that has a whole different connotation to it, doesn't it? Than just I'm on social media and therefore we're that content is coming backwards and forwards. Absolutely. Is all that, any of that. There's a responsibility attached then, you know, and I think that's, that's the, that's the overarching theme, that responsibility to support because people that are going to be using it in that aspect and in that, you know, it, posts are coming at two o'clock in the morning, people are using it, they're reaching out for something, and they're reaching out for a connection that might not be physically around them or confident enough to speak out to the person next to them or in the staff room or in their household. So it, it, it's a responsibility attached to it too, which is exciting and scary all at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, and, and that's the reason this podcast started, really. The essence was the fact that, because I'm, I'm a musician by trade, so I was um, performing, but also going into schools doing sort of samba and music workshops. And the beauty of that is I was seeing so many different things happening across the country. That The one stay or thing that was the, the same everywhere was the fact there was always at least a member of staff effectively banging their head against a brick wall yeah. saying I wasn't sure this is what I was doing or getting myself into and I, I want some support I need some help and whatever that happens to be exactly and I and I just thought, well, actually, I know that the school I was at last week was providing this. And I know that there's this organization that can help you in this way. And there's this charity that can do that. And this organization can provide this. And so the podcast started by, well, if I do these conversations, then people can come in from wherever. And I think that's where podcasting, the internet, social media, whatever it happens to be, it's mm. just bringing like-minded people together, which, like yes. I say, then becomes a supportive role in your career as opposed to, like say, that sort of isolation and feeling like it's sort of all sort of doom and gloom. Absolutely. And um, I think especially uh, yourself and myself, I think a lot of people say, so we're working really hard at supporting teachers and teachers in the field and just adding... Uh, an extra layer of, um, you know, professional development, really, you know, just hearing from like-minded people. And I think the biggest question we get is, why did you leave teaching? <laughs> you know, you, you keep trying to ask people, like, you, you try to support them, stay in it. And I think, um, I just, I know for myself, um, I don't think I'd have, 
I've left teaching. I feel I, if people ask me, I still feel like I am a teacher. It's just in a very different, um, you know, shape or form. It might not be the traditional sense in the classroom, but it's it, it's lifelong. Once it once it once it's in your blood, I think, Mark, and I think you can agree with me. It's just it, it never goes away from you. I think that's really true, and I think also we sort of talk here about sort of the silver bullet in terms of changing education you know it could look so different there are so many opportunities it was designed for a hundred odd years for a world a hundred odd years ago and, and all of that kind of thing is true but we also know that that's probably not going to happen in the next little while shall we say um oh. however you know like you say having people that have been in the classroom who are able to then bring their skills and make the world look different because you know yeah. without e-teach without people who understand what all that's about it wouldn't be changing because like I say you'd still be doing paper applications and you'd have to be completely on your own and all that kind of thing yeah. so it is these small things that become large things when they sort of have that snowball effect and more and more people get on board and they're supporting education in lots of different ways and it's quite hard to see that sort of day by day necessarily but like I say if you look back you know five or ten years then the landscape was just completely different Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it is, as you say, it's companies like eTeach where Paul and Reese recognize the importance of we are working in a field of education. We need the expertise of teachers to come and support us doing what we do so that what we do, we do it well. And what we do, we do it to the best of our ability to bring schools together with teachers, bring teachers together with schools. So it is recognizing, you know, those transferable skills that we do have. And I think that's what's exciting about teachers. I think, um, the biggest struggle we're having and what we're seeing is when it comes to the recruitment side of things is we're just not training enough teachers. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. It's I think it's down to, I think it was like 7% or whatever the case, like down compared to last year for actually getting people into teaching. So this is another project that we've been working on and we're really passionate about. It is about how do we generate traction to this field how do we get people interested in training to teach so looking at how we can work with school center teacher training facilities i think they are amazing i wish i had those back in the day um i see i see the value of being in a classroom and training to be a teacher and especially when you're looking at somebody going into teaching after possibly a career change or after university it's a really conscious decision that they've made I've studied what I've wanted to do I've had a career before this and I really want to be a teacher and it's about trying to figure out some solutions on how can we support you in that year because I think um, you know there's lots of money being thrown around you know for different solutions but at the end of the day it's it's getting people into teaching and supporting them during their training that's really really important and um yeah so that 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 is a, a bit of a passion project at the moment <laughs> friend of the show and previous guest seth perler is once again launching his executive function online summit this is a free event between august the 11th and 13th and you can register now just go to educationonfire.com forward slash tfos Join tens of thousands of compassionate and proactive parents and educators from around the globe in this unique, free, three-day learning event. Educationonfire.com forward slash TEFOS. T-E-F-O-S. <laughs> um, and in terms of that sort of longevity, like I say, people don't go onto LinkedIn and look at all the jobs available and then go, oh yeah, teacher, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> like you say, because that's happened way before. We're training, we're passionate, we're, we're doing all of those things. Yeah. 
but one of the things we know is that is the kind of the reality of the education system is it's really hard now and the amount of hours and all the expectations mm-hmm. but also from the conversations i have you know i also know that every school is different every situation is different and every teacher has a different way of looking at it you know when they're putting their well-being first when they've got really important boundaries about their time given the the fact they are a teacher and the things that they have to do that makes a big difference i think in hearing lots of those things so what's your sort of experience of of those sorts of conversations or 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 what you're sort of hearing around that sort of area that is a really interesting question because i feel like i speak about this constantly covid taught us something covid taught us there was hybrid working covid taught us there was flexible hours covid taught us we could do things online you come back to the teaching career and it's not that simple. So whereas people have been given a new lease on life where it is all about the work-life balance and family orientated and well-being, teaching is so far behind because just on a really personal note, like it's it's overwhelming because you're in a sense that great, you can do flexible hours or working four days a week, but then what happens to the children in your care on that fifth day or that afternoon that you aren't there? So it is it is a way in which schools are thinking of creative ideas to give teachers that flexibility, to make salaries reflect the hours and the time of what it is that they're doing, coming up with effective solutions for the unbelievable workload, the paper heavy tick box exercises that they are expected to do every single day. So the conversations are being had, we are seeing a lot of multi academy trusts taking it on board, the recruitment situation is dire, I was at a event a couple weeks ago. And between two multi academy trusts, they were over 70 teachers that they were looking for seven zero it was I'm like wow. how are you going to find these teachers and um you can see that the the cogs are ticking in their brains because of the the offers that they are making to them they are they are trying to bring in certain simple solutions that are going to support them in the type of flexibility that the generation that we are working with is needing craving and looking for so yes this conversation is it's in its infancy there is a lot of work to do there is a lot of creativity that needs to be had by the bigger powers that be but um a change does need to happen if we are going to we can get teachers they'll train we need to keep them and how do we do that i think um also the conversations around childcare that's been happening i think that's going to make a huge improvement too um you see a lot of teachers um just over the research that we've been doing are not going back after maternity leave simply because they cannot afford to and what a devastating loss because we're in the job of children so why aren't we supporting that um so yes the I, I see we're trying to support, we're trying to come up with ideas, we're trying to disrupt the industry as always, because that's what we like to do. But um, yeah, it's still, there's still a long road ahead. But yes, I can come up with ideas all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's such an important thing. And, and I think one of the things that kind of is just sort of a real, just sort of highlight, but in terms of that understanding of, of what it means, and especially in that sort of family situation is, mm. you know, why should a teacher miss their child's nativity play? because they have to do something while they're at work. I mean, 
it, it makes no sense because as, as a school you're putting that on for the parents and the children to have this shared experience and to not do that for your staff effectively Marcus blows my it, mind it, shows it absolutely it, it? blows my mind it's it's as i say we are in the business of children you know so you're expecting somebody's child not to have their support system there it, it's it's just mind-blowing so um yeah. yeah there is um there is work that needs to be done i think I think teaching is the most beautiful profession. I've always said it is a selfish profession because at the end of the day, my heart is so full because you are, you are, you are truly doing something that you love every single day and you are seeing the influence that you have and the responsibility that you have and these, these other humans that you're working with. So I just feel for, to be able to support more people to get into that industry is it's, it's really just, it's very, very key. And, um, as I say, it's small things that we're doing with the support, but hopefully if we help a handful of people and, you know, the, then our job is done. Yeah. Um, and how does that kind of reflect in terms of your experience and what you're able to bring into where you are now from from that international standpoint? Because, of course, I know you teach in, in different countries, so that must have a different kind of <laughs> a different perception of, of, of where you're starting from because you just know more from that sort of range of experience. Yeah, I am. Um, so... I'm South African and started my um, teaching career then. I um, remember the day I decided that I was going to study to be a teacher. It was a, my father gave me a look of, that's wonderful, but why? <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so I was like, um, but hugely supportive family. Um, teaching in South Africa in my home was, um, it is still one of the most beautiful times of my life. I am um, the diverse culture, the different age groups that I did. Um, it, it really was um, an experience that I'll never forget. I think I think what's great about teaching though and teaching internationally, and I, I taught a little bit in the States, which is super exciting. Um, the curriculum might be slightly different, but at the end of the day, you're teaching children. Um, the only thing that could be different is the different cultures that you can actually, you know, soak up and be involved in and learn from. And I think that just makes you a richer person and it, it enriches you as a teacher to be able to add more value to the children that you're teaching. So, um, yeah, teaching internationally has been, um, I've been so blessed to be able to do it. I've always said I'm lucky, though, because I teach maths and science and it doesn't really change much across <laughs> different countries I'm like numbers are numbers and chemistry is chemistry so um um yeah I I'm very very blessed I think if I hadn't settled down and um had my beautiful babies and got married I probably would have taught in a couple more countries because there is it's it's lovely you get to do what you're doing and soak up and just sponge everything around you I think the best thing about teaching internationally is the smells and the colors and the accents that for me is like <laughs> you know really lovely um coming to the UK was wonderful and I remember getting off the plane with two suitcases and going to this lovely school and it was all boys and I think that was the biggest difference I had because I came from a school that was all girls so I don't even think the country was different it was just you know um teaching from all girls to all boys was extremely different but um yes I opportunity to grow here in the UK it was a smaller school so um I was head of science at the school that I was teaching at and yeah, it was just lovely and um, able to bring in the different kinds of cultures from South Africa. I know the children that I was teaching were always interested by it and um, yeah, it just does make you a whole person. It makes me, you, it's just a richer, diverse kind of experience you could bring to the classroom.
And I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I guess there are some there are some ways in which are easier than others. And, and that conversation about I've come from somewhere else is an obvious one in terms of opening up your world. But I think mm. anybody that's involved with children and you're having those conversations, opening yourself up enough so they see you as a human, you know, because I've got this hobby, it's because I like doing this. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whatever your experiences are, it kind of takes away, it takes away from that I'm the teacher, you're the pupil but it also enhances what you're able to do for that because there becomes a sort of a joint bond there. You know, you can still have the respect and the understanding of, of, of the way the classroom may work in whatever yep. the, that situation is, but it kind of just sort of opens the door a little bit, I think. And I think, um, Mark, you really hit on a key point there. It is, it's that relationship building with children. I've always said it isn't about the subject that you teach and it's about the relationship you form with the children in your care. So teaching in South Africa, teaching in America, teaching here, I never found it very, very different because at the end of the day, it was the bond that I was forming with my my pupils. Um, and as you say, it's those questions that they're able to ask and it's bringing down that barrier. I was never, ever seen myself as like the teacher. Teaching was just part and parcel of what I did in their classroom. And I think, I think that's what makes it so rich. And I think if any advice for teachers, it is, it's, it's that relationship that you build with your children is, it's so vital. And I'm also curious in terms of the the age group, in terms of teaching, but also from a teacher's point of view, when you're sort of coming into the profession as a secondary teacher or a primary teacher, is there a different entry point? Is there a different mindset? Is there a different sort of theme that you see with those people, especially as you sort of see them often in that sort of early stage? Mm, definitely. So early career teachers going into teaching in primary compared to secondary is that what you is that yeah is that where we're going so I think the biggest difference you see is it's very subject specific in secondary and it is about supporting them within the departments in which they are teaching so it is you know the departments are very big when it comes to English or maths or MFL whatever the case is so it is very subject specific and the relationship building is a lot different in secondary compared to primary because generally in primary you have your one group of children that you have 90% of the day where secondary you are really being exposed to different age groups and um, you know different personalities constantly throughout the day so I think when it comes to classroom management and classroom behavior there is a very different kind of niche for for either that we do try and focus on and try and support and I think especially when it comes to um, the interview process and the lesson observation process it's about um, really understanding secondary obviously or subject knowledge is important and primary it's going to be a lot more on the knowing the children in your class considering needs as you need to do in secondary but it's just a different mindset where it's a a a little bit more of a um i can't really think of the word that i'm thinking it's not holistic that i'm thinking it's like a i don't want to use the word warm and fuzzy but it's it's just a different kind of um feel that you do have with children in primary so i think the interview process is slightly different the questions might be slightly different they might be more as i say subject specific in a secondary but they might be more um pastoral attached in a primary kind of um um, environment so it it really is very important to know which kind of key stage they're going into before you know doing the lesson observation and i think when it comes to the visiting of the schools it's also different things to look out for you know you when you're looking at your department if it's in the science department 
what is the lab technician going to be like? What are kind of the purpose that they have? How much do you need? How much support do you have from your specific colleagues? Where is the scheme to work? That kind of thing. And then possibly in a primary environment, it, it's a, more of a, a whole school. So the year one, two, three groups kind of thing is um, important to look out for. So definitely different highlights to look out for in the application, interview, lesson planning process. And I guess that's where sort of going back to the sort of the Facebook group and, and that sort of thing is that I can imagine those sorts of conversations happening on a regular basis. Then it's not just this is something I've read in the blog, which says this is an important factor. It's the fact that you get these themes coming over and over and over. And then you start to sort of pick out, don't you, those key areas, which I, I guess helps you in terms of being a teacher and in terms of how you're going to be as a, as a new person of a new environment. You sort of, you sort of understand where that's going. Absolutely. And I think also when it comes to the the Facebook group or the blogs that we are writing, it is also very time of the year dependent. So, for example, I know this week we've been concentrating on report writing and parents interviews or parents meetings. So that's been a very big highlight over the past couple of weeks. And then, you know, over December, it is surviving nativity plays <laughs> or, or carols carols concerts or um those kinds of things so it really it really is time specific and the stresses and anxieties that teachers are feeling at different points of this um the process and different points of the school year are really are really really key to be able to understand and be able to encompass their feelings and just let them know that they they heard they're understood we get you we feel you so um that is that is something that we really try and keep on top of, um, just so that we we really just giving them the attention that they need. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. And is there a, a teacher or a, a, a learning experience that you remember that's um, that sort of had an impact, and and, and sort of how you sort of brought that into your sort of classroom as well? Um, it is such a very very distant random memory, but I'll never forget it. It was. Um, I was in one of my science lessons and the teacher was Mrs. Coase. She was the deputy head of the, the secondary school that I went to. And it was such a simple thing. We were, I was very, very young and she was boiling water and put it in a beaker and then she's the silver spoon in or something. And she's like, oh, why did you do that? And I, I was able to answer her and she was like, you are going to be a scientist one day. And I've just, it was so, it was something so small and so, but also it wasn't just what she said to me. It was, she actually noticed and she heard me and she understood me and she pointed out some a strength in me that um, didn't even know I had. So, you know, it stuck with me, you know, always. Um, teachers that stood in my mind were the teachers that knew me beyond the classroom, knew what my interests were, knew what activities I was doing, asking me how my little brother was or whatever the case is. So teachers that knew me were, and I, that's always... That's always, always, always been with me. I've that in my own teaching as a teacher, it's about and not just knowing them because that's something that you need to do, like truly, really knowing somebody. Yeah, it's 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 such a common theme here, and the the reason I love it so much is because you know education is vast. The whole thing about what you're doing, like say the the amount of curriculum you might have to cover, the amount of hours you've got to do, all of that is so vast. However because you hear the same thing over and over again it's about that relationship it's about how you've made somebody feel how they've made you feel the impact you're having in those moments and of course yeah. the rest of it's important 
but actually it's not in lots of ways. And I think to be able to just have a handful of things that you can just think, ah, oh, yes, I know what this is about, <laughs> no matter what your situation, what yeah. part of the year, like say, whether in the middle of um, the nativity season or whether you're in the middle of report writing, it kind of just brings it all back together. And I think those yeah. are the sorts of things that sort of really help on a on a day-to-day, hour-by-hour basis as, you, <laughs> as you're sort of going through the year. Yeah. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Or indeed, is there a piece of advice you might give your younger self now looking back? A piece of advice I would give my younger self would be, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and that's okay. I think um, I have, you know, going to teaching, you think you're going to be in the classroom forever and it is, and it, and it, it doesn't have to be the case. And the thing is, you're always worrying about, you know, the next steps, but whatever happens tomorrow is just embrace it. Use the skills that you have and don't ever feel overwhelmed that you're not good enough. Love that. And I think it's so important, like I say, for the sort of job that you're doing, the sense that you don't know anything more than the decision you're making now. You know, you're following your heart, your dreams. This is the step I'm taking. I've got the support I need. And that will always be the case tomorrow, five years, 10 years, 20 yeah. years. And you don't know what that's going to be. And you shouldn't worry about that too much. You know, allow life to kind of take care of itself and, and, and sort of roll with the punches, as it were. Yeah, and I think teachers teachers are the worst for it. They um, Teachers are very hard on themselves. Teachers are, they are perfectionists in the greater sense. They are always wanting to please. They're always wanting to do their best job. And at the end of the day, if you have heard somebody in your class and you have taken the time to get to know them and you know that they are going home that day with a smile on their face, that's enough, you know. So I think, um, yeah, teachers teachers are very, very hard on themselves. So I just, I don't know how we're going to change that, but, um, yeah. I guess the same thing, the next conversation, the, the, next, the next thing that we're, that we're doing. Um is there a resource you'd like to share? And this can be professional or personal and anything from a song, a video, book, podcast, film. So a resource that I would like to share. This is a very, very special gift for me. And it was a book that was given to me. I had a meeting with a parent about their their child and they were moving on to a new school, to a secondary school. And there was just, I really connected with this um, parent in a way that, because, you know, normally as a, as a teacher, you are speaking with parents and talking about it. And he asked me, he asked me a question about, it was just before I had um, my boys and we were talking about what's next and all those kinds of things. And he said, I really see something in you, Mr. Santos, and you've made a really, really big um, impact on my, my son. And he's like, when he left the school, he gave me a book called The Power of Now. It's by um, Eckhart Tolle. And it's um, it's a bit it's a bit not my normal, but it's called a guide to spiritual enlightenment. And I think what I said earlier about not worrying about tomorrow, um, it really is just it's it's excellent. And I would really highly recommend everybody to have a look at about it. It's about just opening yourself to transforming, experiencing the now, which is um, yeah, pretty much how how I feel about things. <clears throat> Love it. It's, it's it's a book I've read, and I I couldn't agree more. It's it's kind of it's the starting point, the middle point, and the end point of everything. As long as you give yes. yourself the opportunity to do it, I think is the best way I'd describe it. Yeah, and I think um, 
really a, a, a standout statement is about just feeling complete in this moment, us having this chat right now, and um, hopefully what it is that we're doing can make an impact on somebody, which is, um, that's really exciting for me. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And just finally, the acronym FIRE is really important, obviously, here, Education on Fire. And by that, we mean feedback, inspiration, resilience, <laughs> and empowerment. What is it that strikes you when, when you hear that? Resilience. Um, <laughs> it's the first thing um, that stood out to me. So feedback is, I think, just as, you know, as teachers, I think it's... Um, reflective practice for me would be absolutely key um and then resilience in just everything that we're doing i think we do live in a society that resilience is resilience seems to be the key word that people are using people don't have enough resilience or people have too much resilience or the generation of today needs more resilience and i think um Resilience is just one of those things that is only going to be attained by the people around us. So if we are not being inspired by people around us, it is very difficult to be resilient in a society that is ever-changing. It's um, We're living in a world that we, we don't know what the next five years are about. So being resilient is a very, very, it's a big word right now. So um, yeah, I think, I think that for me stood out the most. Well, the reason I love doing the podcast so much is we get to sort of hear the personality behind the website, <laughs> which I think is so important because, you know, the people listening, the people who want to get involved in eTeach, it's that kind of, it feels so different, like you say, than, than just what you see when you come across it. And I think that's it's everything that we've talked about, <laughs> those relationships, how you make people feel, all of that is so incredibly important. So um, just do just leave us with um, what the website is, having said that, in terms yeah. of where people can go and find out more and get in touch. So, um, as I said earlier, the thing that I love about it, you teach the most is it was created by educators for educators. So our CEO, uh, Paul House, was a teacher himself when they, um, him and his wife co-created this company. So eteach.com, um, please do go visit it. It is an excellent tool to support you in your job search. You can... Um, there are certain areas that you might be interested in. You can get email alerts about jobs that are in that area, subject specific, area specific. There's international opportunities on there as well, which is really exciting. Literally the world at your fingertips if you are a teacher. And as I say, on the eTeach.com website, there is a um, teacher training division. There's an early career teacher division. There are little helplines on there. You can instantly get in touch with us. Um, all of our contact details are on there, but um, it is it is just a wonderful online job board tool, support, all-encompassing. Go there if you're a teacher. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all of those insights and all of that wisdom and, and that experience. I think it, it really comes across, which is yes, the reason what we do what we do. So, yeah, thank you so much indeed. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.